So here's yet another story where people encountered the near presence of God while they were breaking bread together around the table. Genesis 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as Abraham sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. And he looked up and saw three men standing near him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent to greet them and bowed down to the ground. Let me bring a little bread and a morsel of food so that you may refresh yourselves. And he hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of flour, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. And the men said to Abraham, Where is your wife Sarah? And Abraham said, There in the tent. And then one of the men said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the entrance behind them. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. And she laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall we have a child? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Abraham laugh? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah will have a son. Well, this story of Abraham meeting what he thought were common strangers and meeting God instead inspired both the gospel and the epistle writers. That story of Abraham is the background to these two passages from the gospel and the epistle. Jesus is speaking. At the last day, the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to the least of these, My brothers and sisters, you did it unto me. And then from the epistle writer, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as you just heard one day when Abraham is sitting in the entrance to his tent in the stifling heat of the day, he sees three strangers appear as if out of nowhere. And as any good Palestinian host would do, he hastens to welcome them into his modest Bedouin tent. Let a little water be brought, he said, and a morsel of bread. And then Father Abraham calls his servants to bake 25 huge loaves of bread and to barbecue two sides of USDA prime beef on a spit over a roaring fire in the heat of the desert day. A little water and a morsel of bread, 25 loaves and two sides of beef would feed a family of four for two weeks. This is a lavish feast for unexpected strangers. After the meal, the visitors, who turn out to be God and two of God's ambassadors, 
promise Abraham that he, Abraham, who is pushing 100 and has been on Social Security for 30 years, is going to have a baby. His wife Sarah, who has apparently not been invited to this lavish feast, hears this from behind him in the interior of the tent and quite against her will, lets loose with a spontaneous, impolitic guffaw quite audible to the Lord whose hearing is good. She can't help herself. Sarah finds God hilarious. As the Bible puts it in one of its quaint and polite euphemisms, it had long ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. The Lord says to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? A year later, Sarah gives birth to a son whom the two witty senior citizens name Isaac, which means laughter, because, as Sarah joyfully puts it, God has brought laughter to me, and everyone who hears will laugh with me. Before, when Sarah was childless, everyone was laughing at her, and now the matriarch of a great nation, everyone is laughing with her. Itzhak, laughter. And as you can plainly see, this story of Abraham welcoming whom he thought were common strangers but turns out to be God is the context and background and unreferenced uh, background to our gospel and epistle lessons this morning. Come, you that are favored of my Father, says Jesus and Matthew, for I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Never neglect to show hospitality to strangers, says Hebrews. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Love the stranger, say Genesis, Matthew, and Hebrews. Love the stranger because it's the right thing to do. We're always, all of us, in need sometime. It's the right thing to do, but also because of all the wonderful things strangers bring into our lives. The point of Abraham's story is that the stranger brings the laughter. Yes? One year from now, says God to Abraham, Sarah will have a child and you'll call him laughter. Strangers wear funny clothes and eat funny food. In October, a few of us are going to Scotland and we will wear kilts and eat haggis. Strangers have funny names. My wife loves tennis. And so I was scanning the U.S. Open brackets to keep her up to speed on it. And I said, oh look, Kathy, there's a first round U.S. Open match on Tuesday between the 36th-ranked Italian Bertanini and the 24th-ranked Frenchman Richard Gasket. She looks at me with hopelessness in her eyes and says, his name is Richard Gasquet. <laughs> she studied French in high school. I said, it's spelled just like racket, Q-U-E-T. It rhymes with racket. It must be Richard Gasket. She thinks I'm clueless. She says, his name is Richard Gasquet. And I said, of course, does that mean he plays with a tennis racket? I thought it was funny, but she didn't think so, so much. Strangers have funny names. They talk funny. They have accents. They use funny words. Remember that scene in that wonderful movie, Sophie's Choice, when Meryl Streep, as Sophie, uh, asks Nathan, Kevin Klein as Nathan, for a drink at the end of the day, and she says in her broken Polish-inflected England, would you like to come over for a night hat? 
She means nightcap, of course, but what she says is night hat. That's funny. That made me laugh. Strangers say funny things and bring joy into our lives. Of immigrants, someone once said, they are what we were. That is to say, strictly speaking, there is no such thing as a Native American. Even the folks who'd been living in the North American continent for 14,000 years when Columbus discovered it were probably immigrants from Siberia who'd walked across a Bering Strait ice bridge during the last ice age. All Americans are descended from immigrants. Immigrants are what we were. And it's probably a good thing to remember that. Maybe that's why Abraham welcomed those strangers so warmly to his home long ago. It's because he remembered that he was a stranger too. He was a migrant. He was not native to Palestine. He'd only arrived recently from Ur, 500 500 miles away in southern Iraq. When she was seven years old, Maria Isabel Boiso came to the United States from Guatemala. American doctors had invited her to come because she had a rare disease that prevented the cells of her body from absorbing sugars. This disease causes paralysis and dwarfism. And so it was so rare that there weren't enough Americans to do a proper scientific study on this new drug they were hoping would work. And so they invited Maria to come to the United States. And the drug worked. She helped the FDA approve this drug. She's been in the United States ever since because the drug isn't available in Guatemala. She's 24 years old now. She's been getting this drug once a week for 16 years. Last week, last year, she graduated from California State University in East Bay. Last week, the U.S. government sent Maria a notice telling her that she had 33 days to depart the country or she would be deported program allowing people like Maria to stay in the States to receive life-saving treatment has been abandoned. There are 1,000 people like Maria on this program right now. No one told the American public about this change in policy. There is no appeal. It is a death sentence. If we send her back to Guatemala, she will die, most surely. She was seven when she came to America. We invited her. The doctors invited her. She participated in this scientific progress. Sixteen years ago, the United States welcomed her with lavish hospitality. We saved her life. And now it's been withdrawn. Everyone needs, every nation needs sensible border security. But there's a difference between sensible and punitive. Six years ago, on the first day of school in Greenwich, Connecticut, around Labor Day, a 15-year-old sophomore at Greenwich High School took his own life. Kids had picked on Bart Palotz for 10 years, ever since he arrived from Poland at the age of four. They picked on him because they could. And so if you smashed his one-week-old cell phone, he would not respond in kind, but would just retreat to his own private corner of the student center at Greenwich High School. And that cell phone incident was just one example of a pattern of mistreatment that had been going on for a decade. Bart wasn't born in America. He came here from Poland when he was four. He had a funny accent. If we could only remember that, as with Abraham and Sarah, the stranger brings the laughter 
we might have been able to laugh with Bart rather than at him. But I was serving the church next door to that high school six years ago, and I remember the impact that event had on the classmates of Bart at Greenwich High School, and some of them are learning a hard lesson. One wise young man, a senior, said, the school is just really clicky. And one of the problems is people aren't open-minded enough. Like the football players sometimes will only think about football and don't really care about the things they're not interested in, like theater and music, and that's a problem. If you just open up your mind, then you can realize that something that before you thought you would never have liked, you go see the people around you and you get to know them, and it turns out that it's going to be something you've always wanted to do and will love. And I found myself thinking six years ago that I'd wish I'd been that wise and that kind when I was a 17-year-old football player. These kids are trying to be faithful to an ancient, central, and repeated axiom of Judeo-Christianity. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. They are learning that the stranger brings the laughter. They are learning that sometimes angels have accents. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.